Well, hey there, guys. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Web Slingers Podcast. This is the one and only show where we talk about all things Spider-Man and the Marvel Universe. And um, this is probably the most packed... Uh, well, I don't know. You Typically, typically when, um, when San Diego Comic-Con... Uh, when Marvel does a Hall H panel at San Diego Comic-Con, that usually is when we get the most news, but... This week certainly does feel like we are, you know, I'm man, it's like during the week of Comic-Con, Marvel decides to drop the Marvel's trailer, and then literally this, the week after Secret Invasion uh, drops its final episode, we get the Loki Season 2 trailer. Um, we got so much stuff to talk about, not just the Loki Season 2 trailer, but we got to talk about the so- the Sony delays, all the Spider-Man films that got delayed including Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse getting in, uh, being taken off the release schedule. Um, and then we're going to review Secret Invasion. We're going to talk about the whole show in spoilerific detail, but I'll let you guys know when that those spoilers are going to start. But let's start by talking about... Well, I, well, I guess let me start by talking about a few things here. Because uh, I, I'm... I don't know, man. I'm, I've been in this mood where I just, like, kind of want to just, you know, just talk. Just just have conversations with people. Um, hope, hope, I hope you guys enjoyed this past this past uh, episode of the uh, Zeke Said So show. I got a lot of great feedback. Um, the Zeke Said So YouTube channel has put up a couple of brand new videos recently. Um, let me go ahead and bring those up here. Um, we have... Uh, a out of the theater reaction for the haunted mansion and then there's an out of the theater reaction for teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem and we just put up a brand new video uh called michael's reaction to war for the geeks i clipped out a segment from this week's zeke sensor show and put that on there i'm gonna be doing a lot more of those i'm I'm gonna start clipping out the podcast and putting them on the Zeke Said So YouTube channel. That way, you guys can kind of get... That way, I can kind of promote the podcast while also putting out more content uh, for the Zeke Said So Pictures YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, just go go support the Zeke Said So Pictures YouTube channel, guys. Uh, the link in the description is down below. Alright. So let's go ahead and not waste any more... Let's, let's not waste any more time and, and, and let, let's get into some of this stuff. Let's start with the Loki Season 2 trailer. Hobie? Hello? We have a little bit of a situation we wanted to run by you. Mobius! Wow! Great to see you again! <laughs> That's what's been happening. Wow. Time slipping. Wait, time, you know that? Yeah. You've seen that? Yeah. Can you fix that? No. It's impossible to time slip in the TVA. I know, but we just saw it happen. Yeah. I've been pulled through time between the past and the present. Hello? If what I saw is true, there's nothing to stand between this world and utter destruction. Only one way to find out. A little good old-fashioned legwork. Listen, we have different styles. You're a man of action, which is fine. I take a more slow, deliberate, cerebral approach. It's really goodbye. 
It's up to us to save this place. Is this cracked? You're good. Whatever we do, we're playing God. We are gods. Make the hard choice. It's him. You better run! War is on its way. Come on, you're the god of mischief. Always have been. Always will be. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. So Loki season two has dropped its uh, its first official trailer, um, and I'm I'm I want to kind of watch the trailer with you guys. I've seen the trailer now twice. This is gonna be my third time watching it. Um, I'll, I'm gonna watch it with you guys, and then we're gonna kind of break it down uh, piece by piece. Okay, so let's watch it all together one time. Hello? We have a little bit of a situation we wanted to run by you. Tobias! Wow! Great to see you again! There he is. Short round. That's what's been happening. Wow! Time slipping. Wait. Time You know that? Yeah. You've seen that? Yeah. Can you fix that? No. It's impossible to time slip in the TVA. I know, but we just saw it happen. Yeah. <laughs> I've been pulled through time between the past and the present. Hello? If what I saw is true, there's nothing to stand between this world and utter destruction. Only one way to find out. A little good old-fashioned legwork. Listen, we have different styles. You're a man of action, which is fine. I take a more slow, deliberate, cerebral approach. It's really good vibe. Hmm. It's up to us to save this place. Is this cracked? You okay? Whatever we do, we're playing God.
and that's the trailer. So we're gonna go ahead and uh, break this down. We're gonna start breaking it down here. But uh, um, so you guys, so before I start breaking it down, though, uh, just quick thoughts. You guys know, um, not the biggest fan of Loki. Um, it's actually, uh, ranks ever so slightly lower than, than, like, shows like Moon Knight and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, but I'm, I'm re-watching it right now, and look, I, I've always said this about Loki. First two episodes are fantastic. I'm on the second episode right now, and it, it, the it's fantastic. Right, it was for me. Right around episode three is where I started to feel like this should not have been a show. This should have been a movie. And considering how important it is to their to the multiverse saga, you would think that Marvel would want to make this their big big movie that kind of jumpstarts that saga. Uh, but, you know, make it a six-episode Disney Plus show instead. Because why not? Um, but I, I didn't like episode three. Then we got to episode four and five, and I started to feel it pick up. But again, it just was It didn't have that same, like, magic that the first two episodes had. Like, the first two episodes, I was like, this is thrilling. This is amazing. This is excellent, excellent television. Then we got to episode three, and I was like, I'm starting to feel the drag here. This felt, this feels very unnecessary. Then episode four came, and episode four had me on the edge of my seat. I was like, wow, this is great. Episode five started out great, but towards the end, I kind of felt like, ah, okay, where are we going here? And then I thought the finale was a complete waste of time. Despite the fact that it ends with the with the multiverse saga kind of kicking off, um, with the the different timelines branching out, you know, and all that stuff. Despite the fact that it ends that way, I still was kind of like everything leading up to that moment was a huge waste of time. We basically had to sit there for forty five minutes and hear Kang talk about. The multiverse. And that to me felt a little just disappointing. You know, it like for a for a show that was setting up this concept of Loki facing off his inner demons, um it really for me kind of let me down, you know. Um but here's a quick uh here's a quick brief uh synopsis of the of the season. So Loki season two picks up in the aftermath of the shocking season finale when Loki finds himself uh, in a battle uh, uh, in a battle for the soul of the Time Variance Authority along with uh, Mobius I said Morbius there I spelled it okay along with Mobius, Hunter B-15 and a team of new and returning characters Loki navigates an ever-expanding and increasingly dangerous multiverse in search of Sylvie Judge Renslayer Miss Minutes and the truth of what it means to possess free will and glorious purpose. So let's go ahead and let's uh, let's 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 break the trailer down here. Let's go ahead and break this down moment scene by scene, moment by moment. Um, so we start here with uh, Mobius and Loki walking into 
this little office here, the office of Ki-Hu Kwan's character, um, who we knew was going to be in the show, um, and this is not his first time dealing with the multiverse, as of course he dealt with it in last year's Oscar-winning film, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, and I like this concept of Loki... Now, a lot of people have compared it to Spider-Verse. Um, I don't think it really is similar. I think we're going to find out that it's something completely different. Um, that time, that uh, time jumping... I think that's what that's what uh, Ki Hu Kwan called it here. That's what short run. That that's what's been happening. Wow, time slipping. Time slipping. There we go. Uh, time slipping. So we find out that Loki has been uh, time slipping, um, and typically uh, the TVA has never done that before. So now it's I guess they're one of the many storylines of the season is going to be finding out why that why uh it's happening now you know um uh and i do like and i've i will say this with all of my issues with season one none of them were against owen wilson like owen wilson i thought was the best part of that entire show i loved his character um i honestly have been wanting to see his character in more mcu projects i've kind of wish they would have brought him into like Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. In fact, I thought the TVA should have played a big role in Quantumania, considering that, you know, what that film was dealing with um, as far as the multiverse goes. But I do like, I do, I do like seeing Mo, uh, Mobius again. I like seeing Owen Wilson in that role. He's so great. And his, and his back and forth with Tom Hiddleston is really great. Um, and his back and forth with uh, Short Round here is also a lot of fun also. Uh, it's impossible to time slip in the TVA. I know, but we just saw it happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I like that. Um, I've been... And I and I I will say this I do like how this show looks from a pure visual standpoint. I do like how this show looks from a cinematography standpoint. Um, there's a lot more, a uh, lot more wide uh, wider sh- wide shots being used. Um, uh, like the like there's a lot more. Like the backgrounds are a lot more out of focus this time around. Between um, the past and the present. Hello. If what I saw is true. And I like seeing the return of Sylvie. Obviously, she has to return because she's kind of caused all these issues. Um, she's the one who kind of caused all these issues um, uh, for the for Team Loki here. Um, and I'll be honest, Sylvie is actually one of those characters who kind of started the issues for me. Not not because I thought the character was bad. It's just ultimately what they did with the character I just wasn't so big on. You know, I didn't like the fact that they ultimately made her responsible. You know, and I and I also didn't like the fact that Loki decided to essentially keep her alive. You know, that instead of him killing her and preventing all this madness from happening he just decides to you know fall in lo- he falls in love with her and i just never bought that i didn't i it just 
didn't make sense to me. But I did like. I but I, I'm hoping they do more with her character. I hope she's just given a lot more to do. Um, maybe this sh- season will get me more invested in her as a character. Um, There's nothing to stand between this world and utter destruction. Only one way to find out. Little good old fashioned legwork. And again, seeing that dynamic between both Loki and Mobius is is one thing I'm really looking forward to seeing again because, like I said, I love their chemistry in the first season. And again, just some of these shots, man, like this. We have different styles. You're a man of action, which is and, fine. I take a more slow, deliberate, cerebral approach. And I'm sorry, but am I the only one who thinks that pie looks disgusting? It, it kind of looks gross. Like, I'm not going to lie. I, I took one look at that pie... And it just looks gross. But yet again, I'm not a big pie person. I mean, I like pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie is okay. But I, I, I'm, not a big, I'm not a big pie eater. I'm really not. Sorry. I know. I just lost millions of... I've just lost a whole bunch of listeners by saying that, those, those, those words. Um, but, you know, pumpkin pie is okay. But, yeah, no. I just, I just think that that pie... Whatever Mobius is eating right here, that looks disgusting. That looks. Gross. I take a more slow, deliberate, cerebral approach. It's really good buy. And then October sixth, obviously this will be coming out before the Marvels. This will be the last MCU project we get before the Marvels. Um, and then I believe we're getting Echo is going to be the next one after this. But Echo, Echo's just being dumped onto Disney Plus and they're going to throw the, all these, all those episodes at once. I'll be honest, I have no faith for Echo. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm a little nervous about Loki Season 2. I'm just, I'm hoping it's better than Season 1. I'm hoping it's better. Um, it's up to us. Okay, I love this. I love this shot of seeing this area. Um, I'm assuming this is the same place in which uh, uh, He Who Remains uh, was killed. And um, where you would see all the different... In the background, you can kind of see the different branches starting to split off. Um, I, I do like that. Um, and I And I'm really intrigued to see... How this is going to further what we already know about what's been established so far. You know. Because up until now, I just don't really see a reason. Like, like for me, Guardians of the Galaxy was the most interesting thing that Marvel's done. And that was outside of the multiverse stuff. Um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever was really great for me. But again, that was outside of everything going on with the multiverse and all that stuff. Spider-Man No Way, uh, Shang-Chi. So, I mean, I mean, for all we know, Shang-Chi will tie into the multiverse. We just don't know yet. Um, but Shang-Chi is another example of a movie that takes place outside of the multiverse saga and is kind of a movie that and doesn't that that is better, you know. Or Eternals. Eternals doesn't have really anything to do with the multiverse. But it's a great movie. And I feel like with the multiverse stuff, like uh, WandaVision, Loki, 
Um, I mean, No Way Home was great. No Way Home was great. Um, Multiverse of Madness, you know, um, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. We've we've gotten all these things that are supposed to kind of really bring get us excited for this next saga, for this next chapter of the MCU. And I just don't find myself getting that excited for it. I I, I really don't. Um, if anything, I, I kind of find myself being bored with it almost. Like, the fact that I'm more interested in what's going on with the Eternals. Or what's going on with with Wakanda and Talokan. Or the fact that I'm more interested in what's going on with this new team of Guardians. The fact that I'm more interested in that and not what's going on with Kang and Loki and the TVA and all that stuff is kind of disappointing because this is what Marvel is kind of putting everything on putting everything on and and also they're 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 pushing out stories and they're and they're putting out stories that I don't even know how this tight like like We'll get to this when we talk about Secret Invasion. I don't know how Secret Invasion is supposed to tie into the multiverse saga. You know? Eternals. I don't know how Eternals is going to fit into this multiverse saga. I can see how Eternals would fit into maybe as we get further into Galactus. Like, maybe if Marvel wants to explore Galactus next. Like, I can see how that would tie in. Um... Um, but, but as far as, like, the multiverse stuff, like, I, I don't know how, like, Black Widow and Thunderbolts and Captain America Brave New World, how those movies are gonna tie, how those, how those projects are supposed to tie in to the multiverse saga. I get WandaVision, I get Loki, I get Spider-Man No Way Home, Multiverse of Madness, Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania, but that's really it, like, I don't see how everything else is supposed to tie into this what any of this other stuff has to do now to be fair let me just get this out of the way not every movie in the infinity war saga had to do with infinity stones i mean obviously they've done films that had nothing to do with the infinity stones but the infinity stones were still a presence the infinity stones and the threat of thanos was always present it was always a presence, and it always leaned over our characters. I don't feel that here. I just don't feel that here. But anyway, well, let's get back to breaking down the trailer because I've wasted too many time talking about this. Um, this place. Is this cracked? Uh, okay. <laughs> that's fun. That's that's a lot of fun. Um, by the way, um, this shot right here of Mobius walking out to this uh, whatever this is. Um, and with this, like, kind of spacesuit looking thing, it almost reminds me of the 2000, I mean, I don't want to connect this to such a bad movie, but, like, the 2005 Fantastic Four movie, where Ben Grimm is going and, um, and is, uh, is doing, is doing the little project outside the ship, and then has to, like, hurry back before he gets hit with that, get, with that, uh, radiation, um, that's almost what this reminds me of here. Whatever we do. And then all this action. playing God. We are gods. I love that. I lo- I do love that line. I, I like so Sylvie's whole whatever happens, we're playing God. And then Loki's like, We are gods. 
Um, that makes me wonder if Loki's gonna kind of go. Is is Loki gonna go bad here? Like, is he gonna make a bad guy turn? Because here's my problem with Loki. Okay, here's my problem with the with what they've done with the Loki character is that you know, like I said, the first season really felt like it was about him fighting his inner demons. You know, understanding the 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 evilness that's inside of him but also overcoming that evilness and becoming somebody better, you know? And I like that. I, 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 I honestly was getting tired of seeing the Loki who was like, you know, ooh, now I'm evil, now I have to destroy the world. You know, because Loki is so much more complex than that. You know, we saw that in the first story, how he was, he wasn't pure evil, you know? Like, you know, he's not pure evil. Like, yeah, he wants to he wants to take over Asgard and he wants to be king and all that stuff. But 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 you go back and watch that first story. At the end of the day, he was not going to let anybody touch his dad. Like like he was not going to let anybody hurt his hurt his father, you know. And you know, and and that's what makes Loki such a compelling character. You know, there's multiple layers to him. And I feel like lately they've been trying to turn him... They've been stripping him away of all those different layers. And just being like... And and now it seems like they're just going to go... Well, we don't know what to do with Loki now. So we're just going to turn him into a bad guy again. Because we have no idea what we want to do with him. No. Give me those layers. Give me those layers that that we've had with him for the entire Infinity Saga. And then expand on those layers. But anyway, we'll we'll see how that goes. But going on, um, how do you choose? Who lives? Uh, let's see. And who dies? I love seeing Renslayer here. Um, that's really cool. I've always, I've you know, I was always curious as to how what what. Where do you go after how you ended the first season? Like I just that that was always my question. It's it's kind of interesting to see where where they go from here. Um and then of course this whole section is basically a recreation of the post credit scene from um from Quantumania. Um, Make the hard choice. There's Jonathan Majors, who I believe only gets one line in the trailer. Um and I don't know what the deal with Jonathan Majors is. I don't know what the what the upcoming court cases are supposed to say, but um, I would say if you are still hell bent on keeping Kang, and if I don't know, man, because I feel like if you're if you're so hell bent on keeping Kang, and you don't want to push back the Avengers films because you don't want to keep holding off those movies I gotta say the best thing you should do is probably recast Kang but I would also understand if I mean uh, let's let's see here Jonathan Majors trial updates what's has there been any updates recently let's see 
No, last... So it looks like an official trial is starting on August 3rd. Okay, so we won't know, we won't really know about anything until, until August, so, until August 3rd, August 3rd, which is literally this week, so, this week, the official trials start for him, um, but, you know, I, 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 it's, it's a tricky thing, it's a tricky thing, and it's, it's unfortunately a situation that, Marvel has unfortunately got themselves in. But yet again, Jonathan Major is not the only one who got themselves into trouble. I mean, there's also, you know, Tenoch uh, Huerta, who plays Namor, is also got himself into some trouble with uh, a sexual harassment claim. So, um, you know, what can you do? Um, and it looks like we're getting an evil Miss Minutes. Evil Miss Minutes, um, and then we got and, and and this this right here. I'm surprised not enough people are talking about this shot right here. This whole thing about um, that image of the different Kang variants uh, basically going to war with one another. That to me is so exciting. That's the one that image right there gets me so excited for the potential of what Secret Wars could end up being. Because we all knew, we all knew that when they were taught when they were explaining the history of the TVA in episode one of season one, we all knew that they had teased Secret Wars in that explanation. So to finally get more build up to it is actually the one thing that is kind of keeping me interested. Now let's hope they don't drop the ball with this like like the MCU has with some of their more recent projects. Because guess what? I, I thought Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania was going to be this really big movie. It was going to be the best MCU movie in a long time. And then that movie turned into a steaming pile of shit. So there's that. So... And I'll be honest, just seeing that moment right there, can I just say this? Just seeing that right there, Loki in a tux, throwing out those those little sarcastic lines. God, I can see Tom Hiddleston playing a James Bond. I can totally see that dude as James Bond. Like, hmm. Please, please, somebody out there, give me a James Bond movie starring Tom Hiddleston. I'll be happy with that. That because after seeing this, I almost do want to see him as James Bond now. Like, <laughs> I think he, I think he's got the perfect personality for it too. So, 
So, streaming on Disney Plus October 6th. So, yeah, that's, uh, that is Loki season. That's Loki season two. We'll see how well it turns out. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to the next topic. All right, and the next official, official uh, main topic is this. Sony Pictures has made some significant release shifts for its upcoming films, including Kraven the Hunter and Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse. The delays come as a dual union strike disrupts the day-to-day business of Hollywood and the SAG-AFTRA conflict makes it particularly difficult to open major fall movies without participation of star talent. Um, so this is so I talked a little bit about so the the about all the Sony movies that were delayed, but I'm gonna specifically talk about the the Spider-Man movies that were delayed, okay? So we got Madam Web, which is coming out on February 14th, 2024. We have Venom 3, which is releasing on July 12th, 2024. Craven the Hunter has been pushed back uh, from its October 2023 release date to August 30th. So almost a whole year later to August 30th of 2024. And then Beyond the Spider-Verse has been delayed indefinitely. Meaning that there is no, that it's been pulled off of the release schedule. There is no future release date for Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse. Now, I couldn't help but be a little frustrated by a lot of people's notions here about Spider-Man uh, Beyond the Spider-Verse. A lot of people are saying... That um, that uh, Spider Man Beyond the Spider Verse um, um, is being delayed because a script's not done, and you know the the writer strike is just you know like you know the writer strike is not. um, because the writer strike is making it difficult for it to come out. To which I say, bullshit. It's not because of the writer strike. I'm I'm telling you guys right now, it's not because of the writer strike. Because animated films, typically animated films, have, um, they usually have a script done. Right now, they can make changes here and there, just like any movie. Any movie can go in, even live action filmmaking can go in, make changes if they want to, you know, change up a scene here and there. Maybe if something's not working here, like shift it around a little bit. But to say that there is no script done is bullshit. They had a script done because guess what? This sucker was split into two parts. This was one story that they decided to split into two separate parts. So I don't buy, do not buy this whole thing that it's because of the writer's strike. Now, yes, the writer's strike has made it difficult for them to do rewrites and additional writing and stuff like that. But they 
could have they still could have done other things too like the the reason why this movie has been delayed indefinitely is not just it's not just the writer strike because you know they have I and I, I don't know this for sure I don't know this for sure I could be wrong you know someone might prove me wrong on this but Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse at least has a semi-completed script by now Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse has a semi-completed script by now. If they don't, then what the fuck have they been doing for the past four years? While they've been promoting, Hey guys, look! Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is being split into two parts! And then coming out of CinemaCon going, Oh wait, no, part... Oh no, 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 part two's not gonna... It's not gonna be part two anymore. No, 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 it's gonna be called Beyond the Spider-Verse. We're coming out in March. Yay! The reason why they're doing this is because of this right here. Um, I'm now I'm reading this off of Clutch, uh, off of a site called ClutchPoints.com, and this is what the article says. Speaking to the Hollywood Reporter, Steinfeld revealed that she has not she has not started recording for Beyond the Spider Verse. With a smile and a laugh, she said, "Uh, nope." In response to whether or not she begun recording for the upcoming threequel. As you can imagine, this, this, the production of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, has been, has, has been an ongoing thing since the moment the first one came out. There's been so much focus and everyone's blood, sweat, and tears has been po- put into making this the most incredible and best version of itself that it can be. Uh, let's see, the, the article goes on the right... Uh, this comment stood out given that earlier in the interview, Steinfeld revealed that she that she began recording her dialogue for Across the Spider-Verse almost four years ago, right after Into the Spider-Verse came out. There are only ten months or so before... Now, obviously, that, that whole section doesn't really matter anymore. Um, but li- listen to that again. Listen to that... Listen... Listen to this quote again that Haley Steinfeld says. Ad, listen, listen to this. Steinfeld revealed that she has not started recording for Beyond the Spider-Verse. Okay? Steinfeld revealed that she began recording her dialogue for Across the Spider-Verse almost four years ago. Right after Into the Spider-Verse came out. I'm sorry, but to say there is no completed script, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. And please, now, if if there's anybody who I'm going to give a hard time right now, if there's anybody out there that I'm going to give a hard time right now, I'm going to give John Campy a little bit of a hard time right now because I was watching John Campy's little podcast today and he kept pushing out this fucking thing that, oh, it's because they can't do any writing. And that's because Spider-Verse isn't coming out in six months. No, it's because they can't get the damn actors to come in and record their dialogue. Oh, but they could do that in a month. Really? Really? Sure they can, John. Sure. With, with the amount of fucking actors they're going to have in Beyond the Spider-Verse. But between all the fucking actors that are going to be in Beyond the Spider-Verse. Yes, they can do everybody within a month. No, they can't. Now, 
I I am not going to sit here and say that it do, that the writer strike doesn't have an impact. It does have an impact because during a writer strike, you cannot do any additional writing. Okay, typically during the production of animated films, animated films can go through many many different versions of a story. I mean, Toy Story, uh, Toy Story Two is a perfect example of this. They had an entire movie that was practically, I want to say it was 90-something percent done. I want to say it was 90, 98% finished. Like, it was, it was practically ready for a theatrical release. Then John Lasseter comes in, he watches the film, and says, this isn't working. So what does he do? He takes the movie, he scraps basically the entire thing, gets him, Pete Docter, Joe Ranft, um, Andrew Stanton, uh, Lee Uncrich in a room together and rewrote the entire movie in one weekend and essentially set and essentially decided to make the movie in nine months. Okay? So the idea of the writer strike having a little bit of an effect on Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse, it's not it's not the craziest theory. It's not. But to sit here and say that there there's no script cuz that's what I've been hearing. There's no script for Beyond the Spider-Verse. Yes, there is. There's a script out there somewhere. Otherwise, they wouldn't have even announced a third film. They would not have announced a third film if there wasn't a damn script for it already. So please, if you're hearing that there's not a script, please, don't believe it. There's a script out there. Trust me when I tell you there's a script out there. It might not be the most polished. It may have some problems. They may want to go back and rewrite a couple of scenes once the writer's strike is over. But there's a script that's ready there's a script that's ready and they've at least had storyboards done because they've been working on these movies literally together they were working on both of these movies essentially together now obviously they had across the spider-verse on priority because that one was supposed to come out first so here's the thing a lot of people ask me zeke Despite all that drama, when do you think we are actually going to see Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse? Will we see it in 2024? And my answer to that is no. I don't think we're going to see it in 2024. I think Sony, I think the smart thing for Sony to do is to push this movie back to December 2025. That gives you enough time. The writer's strike will be over. I think the writer's strike is going to end in 2024. Um, I think the actor's strike is... I think there's a possibility that the actor's strike ends on... Um, ends at the end of the year. I think the actor's strike is going to end in... Um, sometime in like November or December. Um... I might be wrong on that. I mean, I might be wrong. I mean, for all I know, maybe tomorrow the actor strike will end. Who knows? Um, 
But I, I do think by 2024, the writer strike will definitely end. And by that point, they will have all their pieces together. They'll have the actors there. They'll have the writers back. And they'll be able to start production. Um, because I believe they've already started animating some of it. I do believe this whole, this whole notion that they haven't even started any work on it is, is I don't believe that. Because Phil Lord and Chris Miller have already talked about what the possible story of the next one's going to be. What we're going to see. Phil Lord and Chris Miller have already started talking about like certain plot points. Like how we're going to see multiple different versions of Gwen Stacy. And how they're going to explore more of um, uh, Miles Morales as the Prowler. You know, they're going to... like Literally, Phil Lord and Chris Miller have already talked about what's going to be in the third film. So they have... A story. It's just that they can't make any new rewrites. And they cannot have their actors come in and record. That's why. Sony has pulled it off the schedule. So. But I think. I think December 2025. Is the the best possible date. To push this to. Or heck. Push it to December 2026. I know, I know, that means I gotta wait longer. But, I'm willing, look, I had to wait four years. Well, let's see, 18, yeah, four and a half years. I had to wait four and a half years for Across the Spider-Verse. I can wait another three years for Beyond the Spider-Verse, trust me. I'm not gonna like waiting those three years, because... You ended the movie on a fucking cliffhanger, so I'm not gonna like the fact that I have to wait. But I I can wait another three years. I can definitely wait another three years. Alright, guys. That is it for all the news. And now we're gonna spend the rest of our time talking about the new Marvel Disney Plus show, Secret Invasion. Um, so we are gonna talk about this. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so let's not waste any more time, guys, and let's get into it. Let's talk about... Now, I, I, I should warn you right up front. This review for Secret Invasion is going to contain spoilers. If you have not seen all six episodes of Secret Invasion, I am going to get into this review. I'm going to talk about this show as if you watched it as well. So, please, you have been warned. If you have not seen Secret Invasion... Turn off the podcast right now. I'll see you guys later. With great power comes great responsibility, all that stuff. But if you have seen Secret Invasion and you want to hear my thoughts on it, let's let's start the review. Uh, let's let's go ahead and start it. So let's not waste any time, guys, and let's get into it. Let's talk about Marvel Studios' brand new Disney Plus show, Secret Invasion.
Alright guys, and we're going to be talking about Secret Invasion. Uh, this is the brand new Marvel Disney Plus show. Uh, so let me kind of talk about... Um, uh, let me talk a little bit about what... How I've overall felt about Marvel's Disney Plus shows. They all are very similar in a way that they start off very great... But they overall um, end up falling apart towards the towards like the final episode. It really all comes down to that finale. Do they stick the landing or do they not? And most of them, I don't feel do. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I didn't like the finale for that. Moon Knight, I thought was incredible up until the finale. Um, Loki, I thought was kind of a mix. But I did not like the finale for that one either. Um, She-Hulk I thought was really bad. But I honestly did like the finale. Um, but overall I thought the show was was really quite poor. And then What If I thought both the overall show and the finale were just really bad altogether. Um, <clears throat> and I'll say this. Secret Invasion, unfortunately, does suffer that same thing. Um, kind of my general impressions is that this show takes us back to the tone of the MCU films like Winter Soldier and Civil War. Seeing what the political structure looks like in a post-blip era. Uh, Sam Jackson is once again great as Nick Fury. Ben Mendelsohn gives a great performance as Talos in the show. Um, I overall enjoyed the journey that the show was taking me on. I just didn't love the destination. Which is ultimately that finale. Um, you know. And some of, my, some of the other things. I mean. Let's let's go ahead and um, get into some of the. the um, uh, <clears throat> some of the. Uh, pros and cons that I had. Um, of the of Secret Invasion. Uh, first off, uh, I want to talk about just the tone. I love the the fact that this felt like a a paranoia a paranoid thriller. You know, um, there were certain aspects of the show that really did remind me a lot of Winter Soldier, especially when we got into that first episode and we, you know, you're following um, uh, Everett Ross. And then all of a sudden they they get into the scrap, and then all and then like it leads into this chase, and then he gets shot, and then Talos reveals himself to Maria Hill, and he says we've got a huge problem, and it leads into what I believe is a thrilling show at first, you know. Um, I talked a little bit about this on uh, on the on down to hang out when we reviewed the first three episodes. I talked about um, how I thought the I thought what I loved about the first three episodes was I loved how each show had a very great like just had a had a feel and a tone that just made it like mm, you know. It was it was really dark and it was really intense, and I loved it for that. Um, uh, let's see. Um, 
I liked uh, I li- I loved Olivia Coleman. Uh, I thought she was the best part of the show for me. She was my favorite part of the show. Um, I think her character is very ruthless. Um, I she almost reminded me of Amanda Waller in certain instances, especially when we got towards the end of the show and you really see what her what her what her true intentions are. Um, I really loved it, and I think Olivia Coleman, with everything, I mean, she's a she's an academy she's a two time Academy Award winner for a reason, and that's just because she's a damn good actress. But everything I've seen her in, because you know, she she had her <coughs> Academy Award winning movies like The Favorite, and and you know, she was in uh, she was in her you know, and those movies were great. But then I when she was she was uh, the voice of the. Um, of the the phone and um, Mitchell's versus the machines, and when I heard her in that, I was like, "Wow, she, the, she's actually got really great comedic chops." Like, I would love to see her do see what she can do with others. And I thought she not only was really great in the dramatic stuff, but I thought she was also really funny. Like, there were times where I actually thought she was very very funny. Like, she had these like sarcastic lines. Like when like there's a scene with her and Nick Fury. And in the first episode where they're talking back and forth and, you know, and she's just throwing out all these remarks at him and I'm just like, okay, yeah, yeah, I can see why, man, she's cool. I like this chick. Um, and then we, and then, and what, one of the other things I really loved is I loved how violent the show was, uh, specifically in the torture scene. And I, I want to say it's in episode two, but there's a torture scene in this show that is one of the most intense things I had seen in a Marvel Disney Plus show, probably since that scene in Falcon and Winter Soldier where um, you see John Walker just smash that dude with the with the shield. Um, it's really violent stuff, and I like that. I, I, I like the fact that they didn't shy away from any of that stuff. Um, um, the friendship between Nick Fury and Talos almost reminded me of that buddy cop feel, like a, almost like a uh, like a Tango and Cash or Lethal Weapon esque type of buddy cop feel. Um, that's kind of what their friendship kind of reminded me of. And Ben Mendelsohn is just great. And there's a scene where with Talos and the main villain of the ship, uh, Gravik. And that scene where Talos and Gravik are having that conversation um, in that restaurant. And then all of a sudden, Gravik mentions, says one thing to Talos and he stands up. And all of a sudden, the, everyone behind Gravik just points their gun at Talos. And, and Talos realizing that he's outnumbered. you know. And I was really hoping that maybe Talos was going to have an, a later on one-on-one fight with Gravik. But we'll get into that later. I didn't really like the way that, that, that how Gravik went out ultimately panned out. Um, but one thing I also loved is that I love the fact that this show had the balls to actually kill people. Um, starting with Maria Hill. Like, literally, first episode, we kill, we, we kill Maria Hill. And typically... A death of a character like Maria Hill probably would have been saved for maybe episode five. Like in episode five, you would have saved 
the death of Maria Hill for an episode like that. But I love the fact that they came right out the gate. No, we got to establish Gravik as a threat. So here we go. I'm going to blow up this entire area. Boom, he blows it up. He, he pretends to be Nick Fury. He tricks Maria Hill into into being in the same spot with him. All of a sudden, she sh- he shoots her and then leaves her to die. And then all of a sudden, Nick comes in and realizes that Gravik killed her. Great moment. Great, great moment. Um, and even though I hate this, even though I really hate this choice, but the fact that they also had the guts to kill Talos is also... I mean, like, look, Talos was one of my favorite side characters of the MCU, and I didn't want him to die because I, I did want to see him continue on in the MCU. But I understand why they had to do it. I just wish we could have seen more of him later on. Um, but let's talk about his daughter. Let's talk about Talos' daughter, Gaia, who I thought was really, really great. Um, and uh, Amelia Clark does a really good job playing her. Here's my issues with... Here's my issues, though. I love everything they did with her. Until the finale. But we're going to get into that when we get into the negatives. Um, And then... And then, obviously, the chemistry between Nick Fury and his wife is is great. Uh, Priscilla, I think her name was. Um, It's great. It's really, really great. Um, I loved just their romance it felt very i don't know why but for some reason when i watched it i got i got a very strong indiana jones vibe you know i got i got i very much had that like that same vibe of seeing like indy and um uh and and miriam uh in and miriam in the uh in the in raiders of the lost ark I had that similar vibe with Nick Fury and his and his and his wife. It's great, and the and the chemistry is great, and I love the fact that by the end of the show she decides to go with him, which makes me wonder if we're gonna see her in the Marvels, or maybe the Marvels takes place before Secret Invasion. Maybe I don't know. Um, I I've I've been hearing reports that Secret that this takes that the Marvels takes place after Secret Invasion. But we'll have to wait and see. We'll, we'll wait. We'll have to wait and see how that turns out. Um, but now that I've talked about all the things I liked about the show, let me talk about the things I didn't like. And it's mainly just one big thing. Okay, one big thing. Okay. Um. The once again. Once again. Uh, Marvel has shit the bed when it comes to the finale. Um, first of all, let's let's talk about how how uh, how do I want to put this? Um, how fucking stupid it is that Gaia was given all of the pow- the powers of all the heroes and villains in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, essentially, um, Gaia is now the strongest character in the MCU, right? She's now the strongest character in the MCU. So, Shang-Chi, nope, nope, doesn't matter. Spider-Man, doesn't matter. Captain Marvel, nah, doesn't matter. Hell, 
Thanos, who is the strongest being without the Infinity Stones, Thanos is weak compared to Gaia. Because now Gaia has the powers of Captain America, of all the Avengers, plus the children of Thanos, plus Thanos himself, apparently also has the powers of Ghost and a Frost Giant. You know? It's like, they took this character... And they decided to make her the most powerful. And I know, and it's one of those decisions that I have to just sit there and think to myself, what in the fuck were they thinking? What in the fuck was this writer's room thinking? Oh, hey guys, I know a great idea. I know a great idea. Let's give Gaia all the superpowers. It just does, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. And so essentially what you get with Gaia and Gravik, you get this dumb CGI fight at the end. And a fight that is just as boring as the final fight in X-Men Apocalypse. Now, a lot of people who don't know what I'm talking about, if you have not seen X-Men Apocalypse, I'll break down what the final fight of that film is. Essentially, Apocalypse is about to destroy the world. The X-Men come in, they they try to defeat them. All of a sudden, him and Magneto get into this one-on-one fight. This is Magneto versus Apocalypse. And in the comic book, Magneto basically uses his abilities to rip Apocalypse in half. In the Age of Apocalypse storyline, right? Okay. So what do they do in the movie? They literally have Magneto throwing, throwing metal at Apocalypse... And waving his arms around, waving his fingers around. And then Apocalypse creating a force shield and blocking all the metal that he's, that he's being thrown. And it liter- they literally fight like that for four minutes. <laughs> they fight like that for four minutes until uh, Magneto finally goes, I can't hold it any longer. Jesus, thank God. Like, I was bored shitless watching this. And it, that's the same thing happened watching this. I could not stand watching this. I can't tell you how fucking bored I was watching this final fight between Gaia and Gravik. Also, here's the other part I hated about the finale. This is a show about Nick Fury, okay? This is a show about Nick Fury. Nick Fury's the leader of the show. And what do you... What mission... Does Nick Fury actually confront the villain of the show? Nope. What does he do? He goes to the president. You gave him another fucking side mission. Another fucking side mission. A side mission that literally could have been done in any other Marvel film. Like Captain America. Like, look, example. Captain America Winter Soldier. I get why you give Nick Fury that kind of a mission. That's understandable. Nick Fury's not... Fast enough to disable all of the weapons on the helicarriers. I get that. Okay. Um, uh, Age of Ultron. I get why you give Nick Fury that that side mission at, uh, in, in Age of Ultron. Get it. No problem whatsoever. But this is Nick Fury's show. The whole fucking show has been building towards a confrontation between Gravik and... And Nick Fury. 
And what in the fuck do you do? You give Nick Fury a side mission where he's got to go save the president. And by the way, the president in this show is a fucking dumbass. He's such a fucking dumbass. He literally just sits there. He's got his gun pointing at Fury. Literally, both Fury and Sonya have their guns pointing at Rhodey. You would think that that would be a sign. Hey, um, that guy isn't isn't Rhodey. That guy's not Rhodey. If there's two people pointing guns at him, and and Rhodey's just like, don't worry, Mr. President, we can fix this. All you have to do is is we are doing the right thing. And what does the president do? He's just sitting there like, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it, right? And I'm just like, oh my god, how dumb are you? How dumb of a leader are you? If I'm the president, I'm looking at him, I'm like, okay, if you are a roadie, prove it. Prove it. <laughs> like, like I'd, I'd be like this. I'd, I'd, I'd literally be sitting there like, how are your legs, Colonel Rhodes? Do you, you still got those uh, braces that we're spending hard-earned government money money for? Nope. Doesn't look like you do. Bam. You could have done that. Like, you could have seriously just been like, huh, looks like you don't got those, uh, gov- those, those, uh, br- uh, those, those things that are helping you walk. Huh. Bam. He's a scroll. And then finally, when Nick Fury does shoot Rhodey, which I don't know why Nick Fury just didn't shoot Rhodey to begin with. When Nick Fury does finally shoot Rhodey, Rhodey finally is revealed as a scroll. All of a sudden, the president's like, oh, crap, give me the phone. Give me the phone quick. Can you, and, and I'm just sitting here like, can you imagine? Just, just, just imagine this for a minute. Ah. Ah. What are you doing? No. Okay. All right. Ho- hopefully we didn't lose you guys. Uh. So, <laughs> it's just, like, imagine, can you imagine if the president all of a sudden was like, oh, shoot, wait, give me the phone, hurry, quick, all of a sudden, it literally is announced the, 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 the nuke, we've literally launched an attack on Russia, and then all of a sudden it's like, World War Three has begun, and I'm like, oh, gosh, it's just like, I just they, the the amount of dumb things that were done in this finale is so butt fuck stupid, you know. And can can I just acknowledge this for a second? Let me acknowledge this, right? As bad of a show She-Hulk was, She-Hulk, okay, She-Hulk did. In its finale, went out of its way to poke fun at, at the finale that we just got. What, seriously, what, what happened in the She-Hulk finale? Jen goes to Marvel Studios. She talks to Kevin, the robot. <clears throat> and then she says... You know, no, every Marvel, every Marvel, every MCU movie ends like this. Every MCU movie and TV show ends with just some big CGI fight. And I'm like, 
Okay, thank you. Finally, Marvel's got the hint. We don't want to see that shit again. And you would think that Marvel would stop giving us that shit. But then we got a dumb CGI fight in Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania. You know, Guardians 3, okay, Guardians 3, I get it. You know, like, there's... I mean, but but even Guardians 3, Guardians 3 did most of their stuff practically. They built practical sets. You know, like, James Gunn actually built sets in Guardians, uh, in Guardians Volume 3, right? Okay, and then you... <laughs> And now with Secret Invasion, you decided, let's go back to just doing our the same dumbass finale we've done for every MCU thing. Why not? It just boggles my mind. And honestly, it really does make me think that the MCU is just being lazy. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of my issues really have to do... And I, I also had some other issues throughout the show, too. Um, I thought, once again, I, I do think the, the show could have benefited from having more than just six episodes. I think giving these shows six episodes is a huge disservice. Um, for me... I personally feel like 8 to 10 episodes is the perfect length for a season of a streaming show, you know. If, you know, Cobra Kai is able to do 10 episodes every season and they are and they are able to tell an, an entire story within those 10 episodes and make you make it feel satisfying every time. Why Marvel has not decided to do 10 episodes? And I'm hoping that because Daredevil Born Again is going to be 18 episodes, I'm hoping that maybe that will motivate them to want to start branching out and actually start giving these shows more than just, you know, because this this whole this whole six episode nonsense is it's ruining it's ruining the storytelling. It's ruining the potential for all the storytelling you could do in a television show. So those are those are a few of my issues with the show. I didn't like the finale. And I think, once again, the show suffers from not having more than just six episodes. Um, now, here's my overall thoughts. Um... Here's my overall thoughts on the episode, on on the series. Um, for me, Secret Invasion is it as disappointing of a show as She-Hulk and What If? No. But honestly, I'll be honest. After watching just the first two episodes of Loki, compared to all six episodes of Secret Invasion. I think I might like Loki more than Secret Invasion. I think this might be my third, my one of my least favorite MCU shows. Um, yes, it does a good job of bringing us back to the tone of Winter Soldier and Civil War. However, it still suffers the same thing that every Marvel Disney Plus show suffers from. It's too short, and that is that it's too short. And the ending felt very rushed. But 
did I like the <coughs> did I like everything before the finale? Yeah, I did. I liked everything before the finale. It's just that that final episode really sank the show for me, and I and I think this is a show that could have salivated, that could have that could have really benefited from a great, great, um, uh, from a great finale. So, um, all right. So let's end the show by giving you guys uh, my rankings for the Marvel Disney Plus shows and. Like I said, um, there's been... Now, I will say this. One thing that a lot of people don't do that I'm doing, I am including the Disney Plus specials. So the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special and uh, Werewolf by Night, I'm including as part of this list. Basically, anything that Marvel Studios has has put onto Disney Plus, I am putting it on uh, with the show. Uh, Actually, let me go ahead and put... Something else here, too. Okay. Alright, so here are my rankings for the Marvel Disney Plus shows slash shorts slash specials. Uh, <coughs> starting with the least favorite. My least favorite, at number 12, we have What If. Uh, number 11, we have She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Number 10, we have Secret Invasion. Number 9, I have I Am Groot. Number eight, I have Loki. Number seven, I have Moon Knight. Uh, number six, I have Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Number five, I have Hawkeye. Uh, number four, I have Miss Marvel. Number three, I have Werewolf by Night. Number two, I have WandaVision. And number one, I have the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. So those are my rankings, and yes, I I did I did end up including I forgot to include I am group, but I did include I am group as part of the as part of the lineup here. So yeah, those are my rankings for the MCU um, Disney Plus shows and specials. Um, yeah, Secret Invasion unfortunately ranks that low for me. I, I yes, I would rather go back and watch I am Groot than go back and watch Secret Invasion. So. Um, anyway, guys, that will do it for this week's episode, this jam-packed episode of the Web Swingers Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you guys want to follow me uh, outside of the podcast, you guys can find me on Twitter at Zeke Said So, uh, Instagram, YouTube, Instagram uh, YouTube, and threads at Zeke Said So Pictures. And you guys can find me on the podcast Down to Hangout FM, where me and a few other guys we get we I just I join a couple of, I, I join a panel of people who get to talk about movies and all things pop culture. Um, we got we got some I, I'm they they got they got a lot of cool content on there. Um, they put up a video. They just recently put up a video essay about Lightyear. So definitely go and support them. Show them the love, guys. They're really they're they're really cool guys over there. Um, and I do enjoy being on their show. Um, but that will do it for this episode of the Web Singers Podcast, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you guys like the if you guys like this this episode, please make sure you share it and subscribe. I think I should subscribe to the podcast because Zeke the Geek said so. And don't forget, guys, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs>